Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Castor. Here as always, my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, we haven't done a mini-series in a while. No, we haven't. No, we haven't. We haven't done Not any... since the draft. No, yeah, since the draft was the last time that we uh, did anything with some sort of structure. But here we are, and uh, it's Bull Predictions Week. Welcome. Very welcome to Bull Predictions Week. Now, I also want to clarify... Before we even do anything further, the way that I do my bold predictions are predictions that I think can happen. Do I actually think that they are going to happen? Not quite. But do I see a realistic avenue for them to happen? Yes. And should I be crucified if these predictions are wrong? No. Hence the word bold. Yeah, I think it just kind of defeats the purpose of the exercise. If you say something like Travis Kelsey is going to finish as the tight end 32 like that and then be like, well, because he's going to get injured. And then that's your that's your rationale. Right. Or something like or or something like Josh Allen finishes finishes the season with um, I, I, I don't know, 40 touchdowns like, okay, that's. That's a bold prediction. That's a prediction that could happen. But I'm going for bolder. I'm going for bolder predictions than that. And the predictions that I have come up with over the last couple of hours, um, they they are spicy. They, they, they well, are spicy. Yeah. There's a line between bold predictions and shitty predictions. Correct. Correct. And, and we'll be having, you know, We'll have shows where, you know, things will be said and that'll be more concrete project projections, project predictions. Um, but this, this is more fun. This is more of just things that are outside the box that could happen. But if they don't happen, you can't be really crucified at the stake. And this is one of the great things about being an expert is you can make these calls and not get crucified this is basically just putting stuff into the atmosphere well i mean you can get crucified if it's really bad but we've seen bold predictions that we've made on this show i think at least one of us or each one of us i should say you me and jake have made a bold prediction that has actually come true mm-hmm. me, I, I think you are the king though of the bold prediction um slate i will say as much as that brings me just pain to my heart it honestly i didn't think that that deshaun watson thing was actually going to happen besides well, got- no, not that one the other one the right. actual decline in his play because his team was terrible correct correct that is the one that we are that we are referring to but, but you um, know, jake predicted that jk dobbins would be a league winner would be like a really good running back yep um was k makers one of your bold predict was he a bold prediction that you made yep of course he was my guy, well, you know, in official context, like I know that you were uh, advocating for him on waivers every week, but I don't know if you said something about it on the actual, on any actual bull prediction shows. I did. I think one of the bold predictions that I have is cam makers would win people fantasy championships. Well, there you go. And he did. So my son. And you were read about Josh Allen. Yep. Which you also rub in my well, face all the time. Well, to be fair, the Josh Allen one is one that I did not even have to say on a podcast. I was saying that publicly, too, and, and I was going to die on that hill. 
Yeah. Well, so the way that this is going to be structured is that each show is going to be dedicated to a host. And this week or this show is going to be you. Next show will be me. And um, Friday will be Jake. Yeah. Yes. So you'll be hearing you'll be hearing me today and today, Monday. You'll be hearing Adam on Wednesday and then you'll be hearing Jake on Friday. Yep. Very exciting stuff. So let's get into it. Well, actually, before we get into it, let's go through the structure of this. So you have predictions for just about every position and then a wild card where it's about everything. Where it's about about any position. Correct. I have one prediction for the quarterback position. I have one prediction for running back, one for wide receiver, one for tight end. And then one wild card overall, super bold, super spicy prediction. Oh, no predictions about defenses and kickers? No. No. Defenses and kickers will be off of fantasy rosters by the end of the season. There you go. There's my bold prediction. It's hard to predict defense and kickers because there is a lot of fluctuation, actually. There's a lot of volatility yeah. between what make like defenses and kickers that are really good on a year-to-year basis. Sure. But anyway, that's besides the point. What's your first bold prediction? Uh, but first, I wanted to get to a one quick question. Oh, of course, of course. And this is a actually a one quick question that is aimed for you, Adam. And it's me aimed specifically. For, it's aimed for me as well, but it it is also um, aimed for you. So this is this is from Bird. Adam, where is Bird from? Bird is from Portland, Oregon. Beautiful. That's a beautiful place. Ah, it's my home. It's or he's from Vegas, depending on who you ask. On who you ask. Never, never. Fuck Vegas. Fuck Las Vegas, Portland, Oregon for forever. So Bird from Portland, Oregon asks, who is a player that you have in your top five that would not be in the consensus top five? So I'll read the consensus top five. The consensus top five on fantasy pros is this is in full PPR Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, Derek Henry, and Cooper Cup. Who is a player that I have that is that I have in my top five that's not my top five? That interesting is not in the consensus top five. Yes. Um honestly, I'm kind of surprised. You know, looking at fantasy pros, and it is full PPR. So I understand, but Derrick Henry being at eight on fantasy pros is kind of, is a little shocking to me. I think I would have Derrick Henry in my top five at this point, PPR or otherwise. So for me, it's, it's two guys. I I struggle with both of them because I really want to put them in my top five. Dalvin Cook is one because I think he is just getting so disrespected. It's crazy. I agree. Also, he's like, somebody that I looked at crazy. jumped jumped off the page. Yeah, where I'm just like, I why? don't know. I have him at four in, in in my ranks, and I have McCaffrey behind him. But that's also because you're. I'm the most anti McCaffrey guy out there. And I know that you're not a huge fan of Cooper Cup doing what he did last year because it is so extravagant. So I would understand why is Cooper Cup in your top five or no? I think no. you you famously. Yeah, we had a debate about this. Uh, you have Devontae Adams ranked ahead of Cooper Cup. I don't. I have Cup ahead of Adams after the trade to Las Vegas, but they're back to back for me in my ranks. I have gotcha. uh, I have Cooper Cup at 
nine. And I have no, sorry. I have Justin Jefferson at 10 and then Devonte Adams at 11. Maybe it's the Vikings. The I think it's the Vikings. The Vikings are like a super like uninteresting team, even though they should be because they have fantastic fantasy weapons, but it's the Kirk cousins effect that he just yeah. makes everything around him boring. He He's pretty boring. But I think that, yeah, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, those are two guys for me that should be in the top five. Um, so for, for me, I said Dalvin, I said Dalvin Cook, and the other one for me is Najee Harris. And depending on who you ask, there are people who are going to wonder about Najee Harris and his conditioning because there's word coming out of Pittsburgh that Najee Harris is heavier than he was last season. And he says that last year Najee Harris – was about 238 pounds. He weighed in at 244 pounds. Now, take that for what you will. I know people are going to like that he's heavier. I know people who, who are not going to like that he is heavier. It's six pounds. Six pounds is a lot, though, for, for, for a running back that you're expecting to get 300, four, 300, 350 plus touches. So to put that into perspective, Derrick Henry weighs more than Najee Harris. And people have no problem with Derrick Henry. Well, they're so, different kinds of running backs, I think. See, I mean, yes, kind of I agree with that, but I also disagree. I think their their style is very similar. Only with Najee being more of that East West sort of runner, whereas Derrick Henry is more your straight line runner. But they're both they both can hold their own outside the tackles. Like that's that that's not a problem. It's weird. I think, yeah, because people don't have a problem with like, let's say like Zach Wilson, for example, Zach Wilson put on, put on the LBs in muscle. His coach called him thick, pretty sure with two C's, but they, I don't, I wonder. It is, it is with two C's. I, ca- I can't confirm. I didn't see the transcription of that press conference, but I'm pretty sure that Rob Sala met thick with two C's when he was talking thick about boy. Zach Wilson. Thick boy. Yeah. Yes. Yep. But with a running back where it's six pounds, I think this is a non-story, to be honest with you. I agree. I, I, I agree completely. And I am very, very, very close to putting Najee Harris in my top five. This I'm is like very close. This is like Jamar Chase dropping balls in training camp. Yeah, very similar. Very Even similar. Even though I thought that was like that could have been something. But and Justin Jefferson struggling against third teamers. Yes. This is a non-story. He might yeah. lose that. He might lose six pounds by the time week one rolls around with how training camp is. Good. I mean, you know, it's different for everybody. A bold prediction that I considered, but I did not write down was Najee Harris leads the league in rushing. That's a good one. That was one that I considered. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens just because of the offense and the fact that they're going to lean heavily on the running game, even more so than last year with unproven Mitch Trubisky at this point. And then, or even Kenny Pickett. Well, I was going to say, and then rookie Kenny Pickett. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's worrying also for, um, for Deontay Johnson, who I'm kind of cooling on a little bit. That'll be for a whole uh, rankings uh, episode, but um, but yeah, I just wanted to throw that throw that little extra one out there for uh, 
for the folks. For the folks. The weird thing that, is, that, uh, that, that bold prediction is brought to you in part by Portland, Oregon. Free of charge. Free of charge, yes. We don't need any sponsorship for, for Portland, Oregon. Now that we finished this one quick question, what is your first, or I guess second in this case, because you already gave one for free, bold prediction? I did. Um, so we'll start at the quarterback position. So bring a real smile if this does happen. Jameis Winston will win people fantasy leagues if Michael Thomas plays. Oh, dear God. Jake, you got me on the Saints. You fucking got me. Roll Jameis. And, and listen, we could talk about Jameis, you know, all, all we want. We could talk about his, his history, his past transgressions, uh, this and that when it comes to our overall fantasy teams. But the fact of the matter is, is that Jameis Winston is going to do one thing really, really well, and that's push the ball downfield. And we've seen him do it time and time again. And what have the Saints done this offseason? They've gone and addressed the pass catchers for that offense. Michael Thomas should be back fully healthy. I'll be much more in on this if Michael Thomas shows up for training camp. They brought in Jarvis Landry. They drafted Chris Olave. They traded up to get Chris Olave. And they still have Alvin Kamara, who I would assume is going to be a, a pretty important part of the passing game for the New Orleans Saints. Jameis Winston in NFC ADP from the last week is being drafted as the QB 20 at 155 overall. That is absolutely outstanding value. And I would be all in on taking a chance on Jameis Winston at that price and pairing him with a guy like Kirk Cousins, with a Trey Lance, with a Derek Carr, even an Aaron Rodgers. I think you can really get away with that, and I would really, really like that. Because if Jameis Winston does what Jameis Winston usually does, throw for high yardage, throw for high touchdowns, and throw for high interceptions, you could potentially have a guy that is, is going to really help you or really, really hurt you. But I think the maturity of Jameis Winston has made him a better quarterback. I think it's going to be a bit safer with the ball. He is still going to be a gunslinger and he is still going to have those games, but all in all, I think Jameis Winston is going to be a reason why people win fantasy leagues. If you can convince me that his number one downfield target is going to be there in Michael Thomas. So with the caveat of Michael Thomas playing, I think Jameis Winston is a league winner this year. I have a few things about this. Yeah. One, as you normally do when it comes to Jameis Winston, because we are just so on opposite ends when it comes to Jameis. Well, I will say something nice about Jameis. He looked really good. He looked like he fixed a lot of his issues Mm -hmm. last year before he tore his ACL. Granted, you know, uh, let me see here. Are you looking for his um, his numbers from a year ago? I have it. I, I got it. I got it. Okay. I was going to say, cause I have it in front of me. If you Cause they're actually pretty great when in seven games. So in seven games, Mr. Winston had uh, 1,170 passing yards, 14 passing touchdowns and only three interceptions. And was on pace to have the highest QB rating of his career. Yes. Three interceptions. You know, every single year of his career, he, aside from 2020, where he just didn't really do a lot, 
he had double digit interceptions. Yeah. And in 2021, he looked fantastic before he tore his ACL, unfortunately. Um, so that's my one thing where I can actually see that Jameis can be good, where he can build on what he did in his limited work uh, last year. Two, Michael Thomas, I don't believe in Michael Thomas at this point. Michael Thomas is a guy that just, just does not, hasn't played frequently enough for me. And I don't know if he's even good anymore at this point, unless proven otherwise. I'm assuming the worst. Well, not the worst. I'm assuming I'm being pessimistic on Michael Thomas at this point. I don't think we're going to see 2018 Michael Thomas when he comes back this year. No, no, it's, it's crazy to expect 2018, even 2019 uh, Michael Thomas when it 2019 was the record breaking year 2018. He was absolutely terrific as well. But can you expect him to basically be his baseline thousand yards, 90 plus catches if he's healthy with seven, eight touchdowns? Yeah, I I think that's very reasonable to expect. And you also have to consider that Michael Thomas right now can be had at eight. I would even go as far as to say. A, a half decent price. Like you're getting him. Well, this is about Michael overall. Thomas. This is not about Michael Thomas. This is about James. I, I know that. I know that. But I'm, I'm just saying that Michael Thomas can be had at a relatively decent rate. So it's not like you're taking a huge risk on Michael Thomas if it doesn't pan out. But the New Orleans Saints stack of Jameis Winston and Michael Thomas. Well, this is also in a situation. Oh, I love it. I love it. We're also in a in a situation where when Michael Thomas was doing Michael Thomas things, not only did he have a Hall of Fame quarterback in Drew Brees, who was actually good in 2019 and 2018, and whose arm wasn't made out of Swiss wasn't made out of, I don't even know, marshmallow fluff. Um <laughs> you know, Michael Thomas was one of the only like one of two receiving options that the saints had that were actually good. Sure. And the competition is a lot stiffer now with Chris Olave and uh, Jarvis Landry. Alvin Kamara is obviously still there. Alvin Kamara was there when Michael Thomas was having those great seasons, but the pieces are there, but really this is, this is a, this is a bold prediction just because this isn't everything needs to go right for this to happen kind of bold prediction. Yes, yes, absolutely. That, that I cannot deny. But as of right now, Jameis Winston is my QB 18, and I am very, very tempted to move him above Kirk Cousins. Very tempted. Yeah, and also it's a new coaching staff for everybody. For everybody. Mm-hmm. Yep. And You know what? Offense. I'm moving Jameis Winston above Kirk Cousins. Uh, yeah, above Kirk Cousins, my QB 17. Okay. I don't know. That's as far as I'm going to go, though. That, I that, like, that is as far as I'm going to go. I like the balls on the prediction. I just don't think it's going to happen. Oh, they're just getting started. I'm just, yeah. I, I don't. They're, they're just getting started. 
I do not see this happening in the slightest. Well, Adam, don't come on this podcast if I'm right. Okay. I'll make sure I have Jake. Okay. So that way we can have a nice party about Jameis and you're not invited. This is like getting struck by lightning while getting eaten by a shark. Let you will not be invited to the Jameis party. Okay. Because I am a believer in my guy, James. Love I, I'm, I, I adore him. I can be a very optimistic person when I want to be, but you have a mountain of evidence saying that Jameis is a turnover machine. And you have one year, half a year, saying that Jameis Winston has turned a corner. I mean, I don't know. What do you got? What, what are you going with? I'm believing in the maturity of sitting a year behind Drew Brees and the reviews that he's gotten while in New Orleans and that he has just changed so much over the last two years. And they gave him a two-year contract. They want him to try and be the guy. And he's still very, very young. He's still only 28 years old. He's still very much in his prime years as, as a quarterback. So he could very easily still get starter money at the end of this two-year deal if he performs really, really well. And he could be the longer-term option for the Saints if he does play well. I'm not saying that he's going to be the guy for the next you know, 10 years or anything, but can he be a bridge option the next two, three, maybe four years until they get their next starting quarterback of the future? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, they can. And this is the Saints team that's ready to go to the playoffs right now. They're, they're not going to be a tanking team. This is a team that's ready to contend. The defense is good. They've strengthened on offense. The offensive line is really is a little bit shaky uh, with, with the Saints. But they have the guy at quarterback that can get it done for them. And I'm believing in Jameis. I'm believing in Jameis. All right. Well, I mean, this, obviously the Saints uh, see how – see him very highly because they made Taysom Hill not play quarterback. Thank God. They literally told him, like, no, you're not playing quarterback again. You're, you're a tight end forever. Thank God. You know, but I don't know. I'd be interested. I Listen, I'd be happy for him as a person. If he does well, I just don't see it happening to the, to that extent. Well, this is why they are bold predictions, Adam. Yes, for sure. They are not, expected, they are not expected to happen, but if they do happen, you're a fucking genius. Yes, this is the show is not called Reasonable Predictions. No. Nope. Re- welcome nope. to Reasonable Predictions with Adam and Bird. That's boring. Reasonable Predictions is boring. We, 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 we like bold here. That's every other show that we do. Correct. Is Correct. Reasonable Predictions with Adam and Bird. Exactly. Okay. What's, your, what's the next one for running backs? Uh, running back, uh, Buffalo Bills running back, James Cook will finish as a top 15 running back in full PPR. So you think the Bills finally solved the running back issues? I think they solved the running back issue. And but James Cook offers a little bit of everything. He can catch the ball. He can run it between the tackles. He was very impressive at the University of Georgia. And they have to figure out what they're going to do. In Buffalo. Now, do I expect that Devin Singletary will start the year as the starter? Yes, I do. But eventually they're going to have to, they're going to see 
that James Cook is so, so talented. And they're going to give him a bit of run as the guy. And I expect James Cook to take over this job as the year gradually goes on. I think James Cook does. And in full PPR with the receiving upside and the rushing upside, which I think he can be a a candidate if he becomes the starter. You could be talking about James Cook with double-digit total touchdowns in, in 2022. I think that might be good. That's going to be good enough right away to be top 24 and then full PPR with the receptions, you know, the extra points that you get there. Uh, I'm going to have him as a top 15 running back to finish, to finish, not to to start. And fantasy pros, I think would boot me off of, off of their expert platform. If they saw me rank James Cook, the top 15 running back. Yeah. They're like this guy who, why do we, why do we say yes to this person? Why why do we have him here? Why, why, why is he here? We have a rogue expert. Rogue, yes. mem- rogue yes. member of the consensus. A rogue member of the consensus that is trying to fuck with people's ranks. You're skewing all the data, Bird. Correct. Correct. Sorry. But I do, I have a really, really uh, this, this is one that I genuinely believe can happen. I can kind of see this happening. Just because, well, also, I think we'll see if Buffalo's running issues were the fact that Devin Singletary and Zach Moss were just not good running backs. Zach Moss, Zach Moss. Zach Moss. That was intentional, by the way. Just just to make sure. I don't know. Of course I it was. I didn't suddenly was. gain a Long Island accent that I know that I don't have. No. Oh, you absolutely have it still. Because and you moved to Pro because you moved to Provo, Utah it does not mean you lost the Long Island accent. I never really have one as much, but oh please. Coffee. You want some I don't coffee, say, Adam? I don't say coffee. I say coffee. You do say coffee. Yeah, you're coffee, uncultured, Florida. Uncultured slime. Whatever. Florida? Florida. 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 Florida? Florida. Florida? No, Florida. Uh, Florida. <laughs> See, my cousin threatened F L A H R I D A. Florida. My cousin threatened to disown me over saying Florida that way. Good. Good. I support that. Anyway, um, I think that, yeah, like I said, we'll see if it's because Zach Moss and Devin Singletary are terrible running backs or if it's because Josh Allen is a rushing yard vulture or a rushing yard hog. And Oh, he definitely, he definitely is going to be a rushing yard hog. There, there's, no, there's no doubt about it. And I think uh, at the one-yard line, he's going to be getting a lot of those rushing touchdowns. There's, there's no doubt about that. I mean, that's the one thing that's going against James Cook in my opinion. For sure. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And really, it's going up. It's going against James Cook. It's going against uh, Devin Singletary, anybody who plays running back for the yep. Bills in 2022. Yep. Absolutely. There's no denying that. And, I mean, that might be the thing that prevents this bull prediction from coming true, in my opinion. Yep. Uh, and I think no it probably will be. Aside yeah, from there, injury, anyway. There are no disagreements, Adam. We, we are very much in the same ballpark on that one, that the concern with James Cook is going to be how much does Josh Allen eat into him? And that's not a James Cook problem either. That's a that's an, an offense problem. That's a system problem. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a system that's built for Josh Allen and to exploit what he's really good at or take advantage of what he's really good at. Excuse me. Take advantage of, 
of what he's really good at, which is being that dual threat force. But if they want to take pressure over Josh Allen, it helps when you have a guy like James Cook that can that can literally do it all. Yeah. I don't know. I'd be interested to see what the Bills do with that because it might it might take a couple of weeks of like not only James Cook winning the starting job eventually. Oh, it's going and, to. Yeah, no doubt. Well, and then um, Sean McDermott molding the playbook around the fact that he has a competent running back now. Yeah, and for and I know that people are screaming through the microphone right now saying, "What about Duke Johnson?" No, 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 no. Duke Johnson, no. Just, just stop. Please stop. Duke no. Johnson, the the Bills' third running back. I don't think so. No, nope, no, thank you. I, I, not even including him in this conversation. No, it's it's between James Cook and Devin Singletary for me. Yeah, and then the other factor is that what if they're in a timeshare? I mean, that's gonna yeah. hurt. That's gonna hurt uh, James True. Cook as well. True. You want uh, another bold prediction for the running backs? I'll, I'll just, I'll hit it as is. Sure. Aaron Jones leads the running back position in receptions. Really? Yep. Why Aaron Jones? Just because the Packers don't have any other receivers? Yep. And he's very he's he's very good as a receiver. He's very very good as, as a receiver. That's true. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Aaron Jones were to lead the Packers in receptions. Period. Is this assuming? No, well, that that might be true, but this is assuming healthy seasons from McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, Alvin Kamara. Uh, that's assuming everybody is healthy. Sure, if that aids if that aids in your analysis, yes. That aids in my analysis that this take is bullshit. <laughs> I think Aaron. I think Aaron Jones has ninety catch upside. And something, yep. something just tells me with the way they're going to handle McCaffrey this year after two injury-riddled seasons is that they are going to limit him a little bit. That they're not like- going to ride him as crazy as they once did. He'll still be fantastic if he's healthy. There's, there's no denying that. But something just tells me that that PPR demon might just become a PPR monster. Would you like that to hear Aaron, Aaron Jones's receiving stats over his career? Oh, I, I, I'm aware, but that's also because there have been other options there, namely a guy by the name of Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is no longer there. So th- he's going to have to throw the ball to somebody. And I okay. think that guy, that guy could be could be Aaron Jones. It could be. That's again, it's a bold prediction. Do I think yes. it's going to come true? No, I don't. Because in 2021, if I'm not mistaken, Adam, he had was it 52 receptions? Yes. 52 receptions. Okay. Okay. On and then 65 he had, he had high 40s in the, the two years prior, correct? So he had nine catches on 18 targets in 2017. Rookie year doesn't matter. Next. Yes. He had 35 or uh, he had 26 catches on 35 targets in 2018. Full time share. Next. 
he had 49 catches on 68 targets in 2019. I can yep, see his first, his first full logic. year as the starter when he had, I think, at 2019 when he had the 16 uh, touchdowns, 16 rushing touchdowns, I believe. Uh, let me just probably the Packers were very good that year. No. Oh, yes. So, yeah. wow. <laughs> yeah, he had 16 rushing touchdowns in 2019. Yes. Uh, in 2020, he had 47 catches on 63 targets. And then in 21, he had 52 on 65 targets. Yeah, I think I think that number could go up. Maybe. So his upside is a is an additional 40 or additional 38 catches. With the amount of targets that are now available without Devontae Adams there, yes. I guess so. It's it's and it's we all know, we all know also, Adam. That if Christian Watson decides to make a mistake, he's in the doghouse. And who is Aaron Rodgers going to throw the ball to? Going to throw, throw the ball to Aaron Jones? I guess so. But, I mean, I could see him having more receiving upside, but leading all running backs? Eight receptions. Yep. That's assuming a lot of things go wrong. Both if everybody stays healthy, that assumes a lot of things go wrong. That's, that assumes absolute chaos. Essentially, Bold prediction. I think I think he has ninety plus catch upside. Do I have him projected for such? No, but do I think he has the upside to reach that? Yes, I have Aaron Jones. Let me just check my uh, my spreadsheet. I have Aaron Jones projected for sixty seven receptions on eighty three targets, which still would be a career high for him by a lot. Yeah, that would be, but still. I don't know if that's enough to lead in PPR scoring. 67 isn't. No, 67 is not. But if he can really hit his ceiling, which could be 90, then that could be enough. I don't know. I'm not feeling it, but. Hence why it's bold. Hence why I know. it's bold. You know what? You I'm keep prepared that. for that one to be wrong, but if it is right. Guess what? I'm a fucking genius. Listen, you don't know. You have to keep saying it. You know, like everybody knows that these are bold predictions. Well, there are some people who are going to slander me for it, much like yourself. No. Well, at the time, at this time, yeah, I'm saying that I don't think it's going to happen. I'm not slandering you for it, even though I I don't think I don't think a lot of these are going to happen. But we're having fun. There's like a 5% chance of this happening, I think. Sure, but it's 5%. 5% is better than no percent. I mean, you should have heard that you can listen to the reactions to my Deshaun Watson prediction from you and Jake. You and Jake were oh. ready to come through the computer and throw me up against the wall. Yeah, but then you explained it and I was like, okay, I, I kind of get it. <laughs> I kind of get it. Yes. Well, what do you got for receivers? I'm kind of interested now because these takes are getting spicier as we go along. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, the next three are spicy. C.D. Lamb finishes with the wide receiver one. Oh. No Homer intentions applied. Who could have predicted? Uh, not receiver. a Homer take. Not a Homer take at all. See, this is like, what was it last year or two years ago that you predicted the skill position players for the Cowboys were all going to finish one 
in each of their respective positions? Uh, that might have been two years ago. That might have been that's... the year that Dak got hurt. So that it was... definitely wasn't it definitely wasn't last year because I was down on Zeke last year. I think he yeah, I think it was two years ago. It had to have been two years ago. Yeah, when Dak when Dak was hurt. You want to talk about coming through the computer and trying to throw you up against the wall. I think Jake and I were just like, oh, come on, bird. <laughs> well, here we are. Now we're back. CD Lamb, wide receiver one. CD Lamb as the wide receiver one. And when we are, when we want to analyze that and we want to see, you know, what's available in terms of how, where's the avenue? Right for um, for CD Lamb to get to that threshold to get to being that wide receiver one. Look at the departure of Amari Cooper. His departure has roughly a hundred and four targets that are available that he probably is going to take a large majority of. Then factor in that there is the potential that Michael Gallup will not start the season on time for Dallas. Also look into Cedric Wilson. Cedric Wilson, of course, departed for the Miami Dolphins. Cedric Wilson had 61 targets go his way. So right then and there, that's 165 targets that are now very much up for grabs. And if you're telling me that it's going to be uh, C.D. Lamb, James, C.D. Lamb's going to lose targets, significant enough targets to James Washington, Jalen Tolbert, and let's well, Dalton say... Dalton Schultz is still there. Who? I'm sorry? Dalton, Dalton Schultz. Well, Dalton Schultz, yes. Dalton Schultz is still there, but I, I'm expecting that he's going to get his 95 to 100 targets, you know, as is. That doesn't change anything. He may get a boost as well, but you're talking the subtraction of just Amari Cooper and Cedric Wilson. That's, 100, that's 165 targets that are gone. They're going to have to go somewhere. I mean, and Zeke I think probably get somewhere falls right into the lap of CeeDee Lamb. We look at his numbers from one year ago. So if we're saying he had 120 targets last year. If we look at what the wide receiver one was, Cooper Cup, a year ago, he had, if I could pull this up here, he had 191 targets. He's not going to have 191 targets. If, you're, if you could say, out of those 165 available targets that are now available in Dallas, that 50 or 60 go to CD Lamb, and you could get that 120 up to 160, 170. That is putting him in the conversation to be a wide, the wide receiver one with those kind of numbers. But you need to also consider as well that the touchdown numbers are probably going to have to go up as well. So six touchdowns from a year ago, he will probably have to be a double digit touchdown guy for that to happen. Maybe he can get away with nine, nine and like 175 targets. If he could do that, then there's a chance for CD Lamb to finish as the wide receiver one. It's a steep mountain to climb. Absolutely. Because you have Jamar chase, you have Justin Jefferson. You have Devontae Adams. You still have Cooper Cup there. There are a lot, and wide receivers very deep. So you have a lot of guys that can definitely challenge to be that wide receiver one, but I think the ingredients are there.
for CeeDee Lamb to have a monster, monster year three breakout season for Dallas. If it didn't come last year with the 1,100 yards. But I think this year is the year by himself that CD becomes that household name and becomes the de facto number one guy, just not just for Dallas, but the number one receiver in fantasy. Yeah. And you're absolutely going to need a crate. You're probably going to need from CD lamb, at least like 15 touchdowns to be, or 14, 13, 13 touchdowns to solidify his spot as wide receiver one. Because you look at Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup, our past two wide receiver one finishers in PPR. Um, Cooper Cup had 16 last year. Devontae Adams had 18 in 2020. I mean, that's what we're looking at here. That's the stratosphere. That's the ceiling. That not for CD Lamb per se, but for a wide receiver one, you know, that's what we're talking about. And I mean, yeah, sure, CD Lamb could hit that. I mean, this is why it's called a bold prediction show, but I, <laughs> this is kind of crazy <laughs> for me. This is bold. I see the logic though. I do see the logic, but it is bold. Gotta love one that I have. If that's bold, you gotta love one that I have. Oh God. What's your tight end one? George Kittle is a bust. See, honestly, I'm going to sound, it's going to sound really weird. Although, I mean, I've kind of slandered George Kittle, my fair share. I'm not, I am not surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if George Kittle is a bust. George Kittle. I also want to preface this. This is with or without Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. I mean, with Trey Lance, he's probably going to be. A bust because Trey Lance is not a proficient but, thrower at this point in time. No, 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 no. I'm going to give Trey Lance the benefit of the doubt because he did, he did play with a broken finger for most of the season. True. And he had to completely adjust how he normally throws the football. So I'm going to give Trey Lance the benefit of the doubt with that because I get it. You know, having to completely adjust how you've thrown a football your entire life, that's tough for you know, for a professional quarterback to, to do, but with Kittle, it, it, it's a couple things. Number one, I think San Francisco is going to want to be a bit run heavy as they were at the end of 2021. You're going to see a lot more Elijah Mitchell. They drafted Tyrion Davis price. I think they're also going to try and see if they have anything in Trey Sermon. So you're going to have three running backs in the mix for touches there. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Debo Samuel. If they keep him out wide or if he somehow becomes okay with being that Swiss army knife hybrid that they were using him at uh, last year, whether he stays in San Francisco too, is another thing. Well, they'll have to pay, they'll have to pay him for that. They'll have to pay him a lot more. I think that's what he wanted to, if he wanted, if they, sure. and they, if he, offered, they have yeah. offered him a contract extension. So it's, it's no, not well, like they're think, not, they haven't tried to pay him. No. Well, I think he want, you'd want more compensation if he was going to be a hybrid wide receiver running back, as opposed to just being a receiver, probably, which is what he wants he just to doesn't do. want to be that. My sense is he wants to be a, just a strict receiver. Well, because the career longevity is greater. If you're just a receiver, as opposed Absolutely. to being a running back, because Absolutely, you take 100%. way more hits yep. as a running back for sure. Yep. Spot on. And Spot on. honestly for George Kittle, I mean, I'm, I'll throw in a bold prediction. George Kittle's overrated. <laughs> 
Like <laughs> he I is no problem with that. He is pretty overrated. I I think for him, it's PP in PPR, it's the catches. That's what people like with him. Sure, there. but even even like even when he had his you know monster season 2018, it was only 88 receptions, which yeah. is which is good for a tight end standards, but it's not like earth shattering or anything. Last year on in 14 games, 71 receptions on 94 targets. The touchdowns went up, which 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 are good. Um, but he's also a guy that is gonna miss games. He's gonna miss games. The yardage isn't there. The touchdowns aren't there. I just don't see what other people see in George Kittle at this point. Well, I mean, look, if he, it really depends on where you're going to draft him, right? And based on current ADP, George Kittle is going right now in round six. That's fine. Like, I'm good with that. Like, let me just let me just double check my my math here and just make sure that that is right. Yeah, he's going in round six. Yeah, my math is right. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm good with that. Like, if you're telling me that I can get George Kittle in round six, by the way, going with Darren Waller in round six, yeah, I, I, I like that. I, I'm willing to take the risk on that. Yeah, I think really George Kittle's success has come at a time where the 49ers have had, I don't know, nobody really at receiver. They haven't had a true number one receiver when he has been successful at this point, he's been the guy, he's been their number one receiver, their number one option in as a pass catcher for Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. And now there's a lot more competition with uh, Debo Samuel. Maybe Brandon Ike does something. Um, maybe not, but you know, there are options there. Uh, the running backs catching passes out of the backfield. George Kittle in 2018 had 136 targets. I mean, that is indicative as anything of what the 49ers offense was in 2018 when they were absolutely dog shit as a team. 2019, when the 49ers were good, he still had, 100, he had 107 targets um, and he had 85 catches. And that was one of two seasons where he had 1,000 yards receiving. Uh, 2020, MetLife Turf. Mulgan, Mulgan year. Terrible. 2021, 94 targets, 71 catches, not, not a thousand yards, six touchdowns. The, he isn't, and six touchdowns was a career high for him. I, I don't like George Kittle. I just don't see it. But in, in round six, I think I'm willing to take a chance on that. Granted, granted, I will also say that I don't think he will be going in round six. I think that he, the price will have to come up on both Kittle and Waller. Yeah. And honestly, I kind of like Waller more than Kittle at this point. See, that's interesting. I, I, I like Kittle more than Waller. And, but I'm, I'm not like, I'm not super hot on either one of them. Cause the thing with Waller and Waller has a similar issue to Kittle and it's a bit more pronounced where Waller had one great season where it was 2020 where he had nine touchdowns. And that's why people were like, Holy shit. Darren Waller is, is incredible. And the rest of his career, you know, 2019, he still had a thousand yards, but he only had three touchdowns. And then the pendulum swung in the other direction in 2020 where he had nine. 
and that he was hurt last year. Can you check something for me? Yes. Uh, could you check the consensus on where Kittle and Waller are? I was actually just looking at it as I was checking. So we are in. Uh, in full, please. We are not in standard. We are in full PPR. Full PPR has George Kittle at four and Darren Waller at five. Oh, in the overalls. I apologize. Oh, in the overalls? Okay. Yes, in the overalls. I apologize. Yeah, because I'm the same. I have, I have Kittle at four and, and Waller at five. Uh, I'm going to need to scroll down for a bit here. George I'm very Kittle, curious. George Kittle is at 47. Okay. And Waller? Waller is at 50. Okay. I, I have George Kittle at 42, and I have Darren Waller at 49. So I'm in the same ballpark. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the stuff that you said that I just said about George Kittle can be applied to Darren Waller as well. And the stuff that you said about George Kittle can be applied to Darren Waller as well, as well. But sure, but I I mean I also think I'm more on the Kittle bandwagon just because I think he's got less competition for targets in the passing game at San Francisco. It's just a matter of whether they're gonna they're gonna pass the ball enough times for him to be viable enough. Whereas Waller has the opposite problem where, you know, that the Raiders are going to want to throw the ball a bit more because they have the weapons to do so. But what kind of target share are we looking at for Darren Waller? I would take a good bet that the target share is going to be greater by, I would say, significant amount of points uh, leading towards Kittle than it is towards towards Waller. I, I would make that that safe bet. Yeah, and I think the reason that Hunter Renfro was, had the season that he had is because Darren Waller was injured and there was a vacuum in targets and Hunter Renfro uh, just he pounced and capitalized on it. So with a healthy Darren Waller, it'll be interesting to see how that goes for sure. Because I think that Darren Waller will still be Derek Carr's, probably his second option aside from Devontae Adams. So I just wanted I just wanted to check something. So it was week thirteen to week seventeen that Darren Waller was out, and I just want to check the numbers on Renfro in full PPR just to kind of see the difference. Um, I mean, I'll be honest; it really was not that much different than what he was like with Waller. And this is in full PPR. It was not – he had his two best games of the season, three best games of the season, while Waller was not there. But even then, he still had – he was still pretty consistent without Waller. But, but yeah, I mean, being more the focal point of the offense, the targets were up. Big time. I mean, he had, t- he had two double-digit target games against both Washington and Kansas City. And the touchdowns were up as well uh, in, 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 those, uh, in, those, in the, that time. And then he ended up with, uh, with nine, including – I mean, he had two against uh, the Chargers in that week 18 extravaganza, if you, wanted, if you wanted to call it that. Extravaganza, clusterfuck. Clusterfuck. 
clusterfuck. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's let's go with that. Yeah. And honestly, will I be taking either of them though? Maybe not, unless they're in like round six or seven for me. Just because of the volatility for both of them. And really tight end is the position of volatility this year outside of a couple guys, but I'd be happy waiting for Dalton Schultz or Zach Ertz. Pick me. Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard. Pick me. Dalton, Dalton Schultz is the guy I want everywhere. Like where, where is the consensus on Dalton Schultz? In overall or overall and overall and full. Okay. One second. I will bet I'm higher. I, I will make a good bet. Uh, Dalton Schultz is at 75. I am higher. I am at 63. So here's a, an idea of who he's around at this point. Okay. So 70 to 75. Joe Burrow at 70. Damien Harris, 71. Jalen Hurts, 72. Elijah, give me, give me more, 73. Kareem Hunt, 74. Dalton Schultz, 75. If you want me to go further, Tyler Lockett, 76. Chase Edmonds, 77. Dallas Goddard, 78. Adam Thielen, 79. And Tony Pollard at 80. Ah, ooh, ooh. Adam Thielen, do, 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 do. Like that song? Is that a new one? Are we trying to make that a thing? It was a remix. It was a remix. Please don't ruin that song for me. Oh, too bad. I'm, I'm ruining it already. Ah, boo, boo. Adam Thielen, do, 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 do. I got to work on the rest of the lyrics. Please don't. Oh, I'm going to work on him. I'm going to work on him. It's going to be a smash hit. Okay. Well, smash hit. Either way, we've come to the last of your bold predictions. And the one that has been hyped up as the hottest of the bold predictions. Yeah. Put on your sunscreen. SPF. One million. We've mentioned this man a lot. On this show today. A oh lot. Oh, dear. Cooper Cup will finish with less than 100 receptions. What? Mm-hmm. But why? Very simple. It's very simple. You have Allen Robinson. You have Van Jefferson. I would make a good bet that at some point you're going to have Odell Beckham. You have Tyler Higby. There are a lot of mouths to feed in that offense. And then the biggest one of all is you now have Cam Akers. You have now a steady enough running back that you can have in there on first and second downs. Then if you want to bring in Darrell Henderson on third down to be your pass catching running back of sorts, you can do that if you're the Los Angeles Rams and you're not having to have Cooper Cup be this target demon. Now, with that being said, do I think it's significantly less than 100 catches? No. I think he's probably in the 90 range. I haven't projected for 113 catches. 
So my projections suggest that he will be over 100. But the bold prediction that I'm giving right now to you is that he finishes under 100 because of how many mouths to feed there are in Los Angeles. And it will require Cooper Cup having several more breakfasts, lunch, and dinners with Matthew Stafford for him to have the season that he did have a year ago. And I'm sorry, it's not happening. You know, I was all prepared to say that you were very stupid for predicting the Cooper, Cooper Cup. Oh, I know you were. Oh, I know you were. But then I looked at his numbers and I was like, you know, this is actually the first time the Cooper Cup has ever gone past 100 catches mm-hmm. in his career. Yep. I believe the first time he's also ever had double-digit touchdowns as well. That, no. 19. He had 10 touchdowns. He had 10? Okay, then he had 10 of the money. And then 20, 2020, didn't he have three? Yeah, 2020. We don't talk yeah. about 2020 for Cooper Cup. No, no, we don't talk about 2020 Cooper Cup. No. Because I think that was that was the year that I had him, and I was a year early on Cup. Yeah, well, it's weird because it's like because Robert Woods was getting all the attention that year, mm-hmm. and you know this year Robert Woods gets even before the ACL injury. Robert Woods was not was like an afterthought for the Rams. So Sean McVay hates fantasy. We know that. That's confirmed. Sean McVay, Mike Frable, Bill Belichick all hate fantasy. We See, I'm actually in, in a very different camp on that one. I actually think that Sean McVay likes fantasy. Really? Yeah, I, I do. Was it because he gave Cam Akers a shot? Because he is a very strict one running back sort of guy. There are always targets that are going to expose themselves in that offense. You know there's going to be a guy that shows up. So I'm, I actually would not go as far as to say that McVay hates fantasy. I, I I actually would disagree, and I would actually say that McVay may actually be very fantasy friendly. Interesting. Yeah, so we definitely differ on that one. But Mike Vrabel, no disagreement there. Kyle Shanahan, no disagreement there. Yeah. Hate fantasy. So <laughs> this is going to sound weird. I think this isn't even the boldest prediction that you've had. I think the Aaron Jones and CeeDee Lamb ones were bolder than this. Because interesting for Cooper Cup to Well, have... Aaron Jones was not a listed prediction. How about that? He was not okay. listed. Well, he's it's still. CD was. CD Lamb was bolder than this, I will say. Interesting, because I, I don't think so. Because if you look at targets for Cooper Cup, to get to the point that he was in 2021 his targets increased by about 67. I think that's the number that sounds right. Over 2020. He had 124 targets in 2020. Yeah. 191 in 2021. There's no way he's getting close to 200 targets again in 2022. You're right. And with... A lower amount of targets, the ratio needs to stay the same, really, for his career. And, you know, he might not get 100 catches. And I think, you know, this is one of those that, like, has some sticker shock a little bit when you hear it. 
But then you look at the numbers for Cooper Cup and you're like, actually, you might have a point. Because this season, honestly, the season for Cooper Cup could go down as like one of the greatest like aberration seasons ever. Because I don't think we're ever going to see something like that. Cooper Cup almost had 2,000 yards. And he was, 16, I, think, I think, what was he, 20 some odd yards away from breaking Calvin Johnson's record? I don't know what Calvin Johnson's record is off the top of my head. But he had 1,947 yards and 16 touchdowns. And I think part of that 1,964 for Calvin Johnson. Ooh. And maybe we're, I don't know, maybe this is like, we're not thinking of the elephant in the room, which is the extra game that he played. Sure where he played 17 games in 2021. He played 15 in 2020 and played 16 in 2019. Maybe that extra game where, allow me to check this out. He had, in that extra game against San Francisco, he had seven catches for 118 yards and a touchdown. Yep. So, I mean, it doesn't help as much, but that could be something if he was on the edge of a hundred catches, that would have been something that could have pushed him over the top for sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm in agreement. So I think this might actually happen. I wouldn't be surprised if this happens just, just because of regression to the mean and what the Rams looks look like going forward with the weapons that they have. I I would not be shocked. I mean, he could still, I mean, this could be not like this could be the norm for him, but his new mean could be like 115 catches, 1500 yards and 10, 11 touchdowns. Even if you were to say 115 catches, 1250 and 10, that's a great season. Yeah. Nobody's complaining. Nothing to slouch upon. That's great. Literally nobody's complaining about that. No, absolutely not. That's a great season. Yeah, but I don't think we're going to have an all-time season for sure. No, no. You you cannot project Cooper Cup to have an all-time season again. It's close to impossible for that level of success to be sustained over a year to year period. I mean, and like, and like I, I go, like I've said before, I'll say it again a thousand more times until we go to the season. Just look at Michael Thomas. Yeah. Michael Thomas is a great example of yeah. that. He's like, he's kind of like that baseline. I mean, David Johnson is one also. David Johnson. That's another one I was right about, by the way. Yep. yep. David Johnson is a one-year wonder. Yep. Got that one right. And uh, Connor McDavid scored 18 seconds in. I love this. It's going to be fun. Apologies. 38 seconds. Too bad we're going to have to play the Avalanche in the finals if we make it there. Knock on wood. Uh, yeah, probably. And hopefully it's hopefully it's Darcy Kemper and not uh, Francois. Yeah, because if people – because if Pablo Francois plays in that series and the Rangers win, then – we're never going to hear the end of, oh, they played a backup goalie. They right. played the Avs. They the full, won a Stanley Cup strength. going up against backup goaltenders. Like, go fuck yourselves. Hey, Adam, one last, uh, one last uh, bold prediction before we, uh, before we, before we go. And it's actually, it's actually, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a really, really bold prediction. And I, I just want to get your, your, your thoughts, your two cents on this. Um, mm-hmm. 
the bold prediction here is the New York Rangers may make it to the Stanley Cup final. Why not us? Why not us? Period. The, Period. Yeah. Not, not a question. Not a question mark. Yeah. Period. Why not us? Yes. Why not us? Are the Rangers actually good? Yes. Very, very, very briefly before we go, I'd like to say a couple couple of things to our boys. We're recording this on Saturday. Uh, there's a game three on Sunday. You'll be hearing this on Monday. I want to give a very special shout out to Mika Zibanejad. You beautiful, beautiful, beautiful man. I love you dearly. Great, great, great boy. Oh, my Second. God. Evander Kane tried to kill Nazem Kadri. Good, good, excellent. I love it. Second. I would like to give a very special shout out to Igor Shosturkin, King. Beautiful. Did, did you see the picture, Adam, that the Rangers put on their Instagram of Igor in net with the fucking crowd behind him? Like the wall. modern art. Take it, it in the Louvre. Take down the fucking Mona Lisa. Ugly ass piece of shit. Take that down and put Igor with the fucking crowd there. That is beautiful. That is a sight to behold. That 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 truly is just it, it's. It may, be, it may be shed a tear. Maybe shed a tear. I'll be completely honest. Um, third, shout out to the man from Jericho, Mr. Adam Fox. My oh, God. He's pl- he, he is playing out of his fucking skin. Like everybody else on this team. And you know what's crazy, Adam, is he could have been a fucking Carolina Hurricane, but he said, nah, fuck that. Well, he could have been a flame, too. Rangers. Yeah, he, he could have been a Calgary flame. True. He, he, True. He, he was in the Dougie Hamilton trade, funny enough. Yeah. Yep. He, he refused. He refused to sign with with Calgary. He refused to sign with Carolina, and that's why people hate him because he refused to play for those two teams, and he wanted to sign with his hometown New York Rangers. That's a kick in my eyes. That's He's a from. Kick. He is from. He grew up on Long Island. Yep. And he is a Rangers fan. Yep. Fourth, Ryan Reeves. The man is just, he's an Adonis. I love him. I love him, truly. The image of Ryan Reeves laughing at Pat Maroon when he's on his back on the ice, inject that into my fucking veins. Into my veins. That's such a mood. Ryan Reeves, great guy. Fifth. I need to group certain children together. My children, my children. Alexis Lafreniere. Philip Heedle, or as Ray Farrar would say, Philip Cheadle. I cannot believe he still calls him that after it's been. It's hysterical. They, it's so funny. I, I, I call him Philip Cheadle now. I think it's great. I, I think I think it's great. Maybe he's trying to like take a jab at him, saying that he's a cheater. And he's just calling him Philip Cheadle. Disgusting. It's, it's disgusting if that's the truth. And. My shy, beautiful, awkward boy, Capococco. The Church of Capococco. My beautiful, beautiful, beautiful children. The shift. If you haven't seen the shift, please, when you're listening to this Monday morning, go have a seat at your kitchen table in your sunroom. 
in your living rooms, in your family rooms. Maybe, maybe if you have like an electric fire fireplace, maybe turn the fire on. Maybe you light a nice little cigar, you know, have a nice little morning smoke. You ever have a nice morning smoke, Adam? It's delightful stuff. No, I don't smoke. Uh, you you really should. A nice morning smoke really. That's a terrible the, thing. No, we, it gets, we, it no. gets the ease off. It's very nice. No, I don't think it's a good idea. It's a fantastic idea. Nice little morning smoke. It really, it really gets the uh, really gets the blood flowing and the and the heart pumping. And you could smoke whatever whatever uh, legal substance that you want, of course, and just watch the shift on repeat. It's beautiful. It, it it truly is. It's it's fantastic stuff. Nominate that for an Academy Award. I would gladly vote for it. But my children, Alexi Lafreniere, Philip Cheadle, and my shy boy, Church of Capricorn. I love them. I love them. They, they are my children. They are all younger than me. I could have had them when I was two, three, and five years old. That is completely okay. They are my children. They are my biological children. I love them dearly. I love this fucking team. I love the New York Rangers. I love you, Gerard Gallant. I love you, Chris Drury. Let's fucking go. Chris Kreider's my captain. Let's fucking go. Let's go win ourselves a fucking series. And then let's go worry about whomever we're playing in the fucking West. Let's fucking go. Regardless of what happens, he's got to get the C after this year, right? He's got to. Who? Kreider? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I, unless unless he said that he doesn't want it. Which, Which could be a possibility. Point, at that point, just slap it on Alexi Lafreniere for all I care. I know. Well, see, the thing is, they should just give, they should just allow goalies to be captains. Igor doesn't strike me as like a captain, though. I, I think you really need like a, a vocal sort of guy. I, I, an outside the box guy, like there's two. Outside of the obvious of Kreider and Truba, it's Mika and Fox. Fox makes a ton of sense. Another defensive captain. It makes so much sense. It does. Because Fox, well, you know, is going to be with this team for his entire career if he wants to be. So why not just put the C on him now and you don't have to worry about it for the next 15 years? Well, the thing is, is that your captain doesn't always have to be your best player either. No, no, it does not have to be your, your, your best player. I mean, case, case in point uh, in Florida with, with Sasha Barkov, he's not the best player on the Panthers, even though myself included would probably say that he is. But well, I was thinking of like Andy Green with the doubles. And like sure, sure. That, 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 that's a very fair point. Um, with the Islanders, Anders Lee. Anders Lee is not the best player on that team. He's probably not even close to the best player on that team. He's their he's their captain. John Tavares. Yeah, sure. I but I think John Tavares is pretty close to to Marner and 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 Matthews. I think Matthews is far and away the best player on the Maple Leafs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no doubt. He, he's definitely the best player on that team, but I would say. It's not as far away as it may seem, but it, there's distance. Bo there's Horvat. definitely distance. I've been like Dustin Brown is another well, good one. I think no. Well, Dustin Brown isn't the captain anymore. It's he was, Anji Kopitar when he well, was when he was. Yeah, it was no, on, it was Anji Kopitar. But when Dustin Brown was the captain, you had Anji Kopitar on that team. You had Drew Doughty on the team. And I think they are better hockey players than, than Dustin Brown, even though Dustin Brown was a, a great player in his heyday. Yeah, I should I should listen to that episode of the Quizitational. Was it on the Quizitational where it was uh, naming NHL captains? Yes, it was on the Quizitational. I still don't think I can do that. That's it's tough. I can. I definitely can. Every single one. Yep. 
Hmm. Am I, am I being like, am I being put on the spot? No, I don't think, you, no. Can you do it like right now? Uh, yeah. If I can, if I can write them down, it, if I can like write them down and, you know, uh, you know, at least have an idea of who I've said. So if you want to, you can do it. I mean, I'll do it I, and then we can I won't, wrap up. I won't, I won't put you on the spot. So can you just do me a favor? Yeah, I'll pull up a list. Can you pull up a list and just go and tell me who has vacancies? Like, I know the Rangers do. I know okay. the Coyotes do. So the teams with vacancies are yep. the Anaheim Ducks, mm-hmm. obviously, Arizona Coyotes, yep. Buffalo Sabres, Ooh, the Sabres. Calgary Flames, weirdly. Okay. Um, well, the yeah, Rangers, they lost Giordano. The Rangers. Yep. And the Flyers, obviously. Okay. And speaking of teams that lost Giordano, they're the Kraken. Hmm. Okay. So, just trying to go alphabetical. Oh, there are some teams I definitely would not have been able to get. All right. So, we have Bergeron. Yes. In Boston. Then it goes Buffalo, Calgary. So next up would be Carolina. Carolina. Jordan Stahl. Correct. That's the Blackhawks at Jonathan Taze. Correct. Avalanche is Landeskog. Correct. The Blue Jackets. Is that Boone? Is it Boone Jenner? It is Boone Jenner. That would have nice. been a hurdle for me. I would not have not. I would not have gotten that. Nice. Uh, stars, Jamie Ben. Correct. Uh, Red Wings is Dylan Larkin. Correct. Uh, Oilers next. Oilers. Mick Jesus. Correct. Then after that's the Panthers. You already mentioned is Barkov. Yep, Sasha Barkov. Uh, Kings, Andre Kopitar. Correct. Uh, the Wild. Um, this one might be tough for. Is it Spurgeon? It is Spurgeon. Nice. Spurgeon the surgeon. I don't, nice. think, no, I don't think anybody calls him that, but whatever. Well, you call him that now. Um, yeah. The Canadians, it's. Do they still have it listed on Weber? Yeah. I'm surprised it isn't vacant. Right. That's why I was going to say, I was going to say, like, is it, is that one that's vacant? Because last I remember it was Weber. It is Weber, but he, had, okay. well, he hasn't officially retired yet. So, okay. And it's Nashville. That's uh, Roman Yossi. Correct. The Islanders next. No, the, oh, devils. No, the devils. Devils. Uh, that's uh, Nico. Correct. Nico Heeshear. Uh The Islanders. Then that's Anders Lee. Correct. Ottawa. Uh, Brady. The Chuck. Yes. Uh, Flyers are next, I think. Yeah, the Flyers are vacant. Okay, yep, they're vacant. Claude Giroux uh, got Penguins, traded. Penguins is Crosby. Yep. Sharks is uh, Couture. Yep. The Blues. Is it? It's, it's O'Reilly, right? Is it? Is that your final answer? Yes. Yes. Okay, that that one was the one I, I that I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if it was O'Reilly. Uh, Lightning is Stamkos. Yep. Uh, the Maple Leafs 
is uh, Tavares. Soon to be Matthews, probably. Maybe. Uh, Once Tavares' Can- contract is over. The Canucks. Oh. I'm torn between two guys. Is it Bo Horvat? It is it? <laughs> that's my that's my final answer. Is it Bo okay. Horvat? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I was torn. I was torn between him and uh, Quinn, but I kn- I knew it wasn't Quinn. So Bo Horvat was the one that made the most sense. And Vegas. Yep. Mark Stone. Yep. Uh, Capitals. Ovi, and the Jets. Is it Shifley or is it Wheeler? Oh, fuck. Oh, this is the one I'm going to get wrong. Damn it. I'm the last fucking one, Adam. Wheeler, final answer. It is Blake Wheeler. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And if we were to uh, have done this list um, a couple weeks ago, Ryan Getzlaff would have been on this list as well as captain of the Anaheim Ducks. So the most recent captains who, for the vacant teams, you know what? As a bonus, can you name all of them? The most recent captains of the the vacant teams? Yes. Okay. Rangers, McDonough. Correct. Obviously. Coyotes, Ekman, Larson? Yes. Okay. Ducks, Getzlaff. Yep. Sabres, Eichel. Yep. Flames, Giordano. Giordano counts twice. And then? Uh, Drew. Yep. I'm so sick. I'm so sick. Double bonus. Who are the three longest serving captains? Oh, good God. Um, hmm. I'm going to say Crosby is one. I'll so name, name, I'd name uh, list them all. Yes. Crosby one. Ovechkin two. And oh. I gotta look at my list. Oh, Jonathan Taze. Three. Yes. I literally I just looked through the list. I saw Taze. I was like, ah, that's it. So Crosby has been captain since 0708. Oh, 0707, yes. Well, it was 0708. Yes, 0708. And that was the say that was a year before uh Ovechkin. So 0708. Taves, oh, was Ovechkin 0910? Yes. So Taves was 0809. And then Ovechkin was nine ten. Okay, so it was Crosby, Taze, Ovechkin in the in the order that they were named captain. Yes, got it. Okay, got it. Well, that was some that was some nice uh, that was some nice trivia to end the show. Yes, I'm sure if I gave you an opportunity to list all the Naruto characters, that would be uh, quite easy for you, Adam. I don't watch Naruto. Oh, it's terrible. Street Fighter, Street Fighter. I Probably yes. Okay, you- there we go. Here. You know, it'd be funny if I just asked you to name all the alternate captains. Ah, uh, I could probably do it off air, but I'm not doing it off air because we have to go. Yes. Well, anyway, this is a nice little extra long bold predictions plus NHL captains episode. Yep. 
yeah, of pretty the much. Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all you can find all episodes where you get your podcasts. For my co-host at Birdsell, I am Adam Caster, and we will talk to you next time. Adam will let you know how I did in the alternate captains on Wednesday. We'll talk to you then. Bye bye.